Nicknames. All right. Has anyone in here got a nickname? Yeah? What's your nickname? Oh. Okay. Good. Good start. Yeah. J-Rad. Jared. That's a, that's a nice nickname. Reese, what is your? Rusty Rooster. Oh, Rusty. Okay. That, that, yep. Yeah. Tory has a nickname. We call him Blush. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's not his real. Yeah. Any other nicknames in the room? Yeah, Jenny? Dubby. What's the origin of that nickname? No idea. Just just made up? Yeah. Very good. Dubby. T-Bone, who's not here? That was my example. I've got it written down. T-Bone. Uh, for those who don't know, Sarah Haley. We have a lot of Sarahs in our world. And instead of calling people Sarah 1 and Sarah 2, there's a gag in Seinfeld where George wants to be his nickname to be T-Bone. So he eats a T-Bone at lunch. Anyway, long story. Sarah just said, why don't you make my nickname T-Bone? And it just stuck. And so we call her T-Bone. There's no, no other reason. Isn't that funny how nicknames sometimes originate? I, um, I think the best nicknames are kind of ones where there's a complicated origin, where you can't draw the lines straight away. You have to figure out the story behind. I, I really love those nicknames. I, I don't know about, did anybody watch The Ashes last week? Oh my. Oh, are you kidding? How about the Aussies? What a victory. Any, anyone else? Joel, surely you watched that. What a, I actually, I'll admit, I didn't watch day five when, you know, like it was a delayed start and I was like, I was pretty tired. I woke up. And I was, I was also very nervous to watch it. I'm a terrible support. I get really nervous. Anyway, I woke up to the great news that we had won. And what a, in a great fashion too, yeah, the captain. But it made me think, how good are some of the nicknames in cricket, right? Watching Nathan Lyon Bowl, what, what do we hear from behind the stumps? Gary, yeah, which is like Gary Lyon, right? That's how he got that nickname, I'm guessing. Yeah, go. No one else is with me. Nathan Lyon, he gets called Gary. Yeah, I thought I thought someone was there. Uh, do we know who Punter is? Ponting, Ricky Pont. Okay, there's like three people who like cricket in the room. This is going to fall really flat. I've got about ten examples. Uh, so Punter, Ricky Ponting, apparently he likes to put a bet on things, so they called him Punter. We have uh, uh, Binger, Bing, Bing Lee. Yeah, Gary Ablett. <laughs> Brett Lee, no one? Binger? No? I'm the only one? Okay, because anyway, I'll keep moving on. These are really good examples, getting everyone involved. Crowd's really in it. Tubby, Tubby Taylor, no? There we go, there's one, one out of ten. Uh, <laughs> stick with cricket. Roy? Andrew Simons? Roy? Yeah? Again, who knows why? I don't actually know. Pigeon? Does anyone know who Pigeon is in cricket? Yeah, there we go. Joel, I just need you to speak up, Joel. I need your help. Yeah. So, yeah, so Pigeon is, is uh, Glenn McGrath, yeah, because apparently it was thought he looked like he had pigeon legs. He was like, you know, he's like tall, skinny, looked like he had pigeon legs. Dizzy? Gillespie? Yeah, there we go. We got one. Uh, Captain Grumpy? Alan Border? Who did you say? Did you say me? 
That's what my kids say at home. Yeah, yeah, Captain Grumpy. All right, I'm going to abandon the rest because this is, in the history of starts, this might be, this might be down, down there. But I did put T-Bone at the end as another example of nicknames. Nicknames, I love them. I love this idea, uh, especially the random ones that we give friends and they just stick. And, we, and it's actually a form of like endearment, isn't it? When we call someone by their nickname, it's, it's like we actually like, we're including them. There's, there's something in it. I love it. Um, but who knows that sometimes those nicknames maybe aren't the best? Yeah. There, I'm guessing Nick's is one that he didn't want to stick. I come and talk with Nick after; he'll share it. Um, I don't actually know what it is, but I, I went through high school with a couple of guys who did some silly things early in high school, uh, and actually, one of them didn't even do the thing he was accused of, and ended up with a nickname for the whole of high school. Sometimes those names that we get given they stick, don't they? even when they're unfair, even when they don't deserve it. It was really a big part of bullying in high school, some of the nicknames given out. And I know we're taught in primary school and in school that, you know, ignore the names, but names hurt, don't they? And names can stick and they can, they can change even how we see ourselves and how we interact with the world. Names can remind us sometimes of the past, the past that we'd rather forget. Can I tell you this morning, uh, uh, I I have a good word for you. I'm not afraid to say that because I'm speaking out of the truth of God's word and God's word is good, isn't it? And it brings truth. And so I want to tell you that I have a good message for you this morning. Not, Not so much my preaching, although, come on, if you cheer me on, give me some more courage, I might be good. But a reminder... And it's a core message for all of us. And this is a message that that I've given countless times in youth ministry. But I want to tell you that it applies to us as adults as much, if not even more sometimes. Can we look at Scripture together? It's a great place to start. 2 Corinthians, starting at uh, chapter 5, verse 14. Either way. Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone, get this one. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Is anyone feeling a bit of faith this morning? Anyone can testify to that? The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Let's pray. God, uh, we thank you that we are here together. We thank you for, for community and we thank you for church. We thank you for conversations before church. We thank you for our singing in unity together. Above all of that, we pray that this morning, God, you would meet with us, that you would teach us, that you would transform us, that you would make us more like you, Jesus, in 
your powerful name. Amen. Amen. Okay. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Who knows that this, uh, what, what Paul is actually referencing is the Easter story. He's, he's reinforcing what we know about uh, the Easter story. Jesus' death and his resurrection has told us that we each can have new life. The old is gone, signified with it's been buried and dead. The old life is buried and it's dead. And through knowing Jesus as God and the power of his resurrection, I can tell you this morning that we have new life. We have a resurrected life. Our story has changed because of what Jesus has done for us. That's great news, right? Yep. Turn to the person next to you. Say, that's great news. That's great. That's great news. Mark's got a friend now, which is good. I'm very happy. Nick doesn't, but Mark does. Uh, uh, The good news for us this morning is that this isn't just a select group of people. I want to tell you that this good news is available for all, no matter if you've come here this morning knowing it or not. Jesus has invited you to follow him, to cling to him, to belong to Christ, to abide in Christ and experience new life. I just think that's great news. I think that's that's amazing for us all. This week, I um, had the opportunity. I was away last week. I, I need to have a word with someone in admin in the salvos to not put my flight during a service time. But I was in Sydney this week, had an opportunity um, to attend a, a, like a leadership development uh, conference course. And and this week was the first of three intensives. And, and this week we looked at self-leadership, mostly. But actually, more importantly, we looked at uh, knowing our identity in Jesus as a new creation. Who knows that we need to be reminded all the time of this? What our new identity is, what our, what our true identity is. And so... Um, because it's been in my, my head all week, I was like, what better word to bring this morning again? I think the challenge for us, though, if you're like me, is the challenge is how do we cling to that good news? How do we hold on to that good news? Because I guarantee this morning that the past isn't quiet. The past is noisy, isn't it? In our minds, in our heads, in our stories, maybe in the names we've been given, the past seems to keep rearing its head. Our minds remind us. The enemy will try and and get our focus on what was instead of who we actually are now. I've got three keys this morning, three, three things that I want you to... Uh, interact with a little bit this morning. It's a bit more of a workshop. Does anyone feel okay with that? Or is is there some trauma in workshop? Uh, uh, But I've got like, yeah, a bit of a a workshop. So I'm going to ask you to lean in and engage with it. There's three things we're going to work through this morning that come come from Scripture about how we cling to our new identity, how we put our new identity on and, and take off the old. The first thing that we need to do 
the first thing that God actually offers us offers us is we need to renew our minds. Renew our minds. Romans 12, 2, it's familiar, but we'll read it again. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. Uh, Who knows that we have been taught a way to think for a lot of years. For some of us, we've been in patterns for decades of thinking. And we, we think of ourselves and our identity through, through some of these ways that we've been taught to think. Maybe we think of who we are by, by what you've achieved. Maybe we've been taught to think that. I am who, what I've achieved. Maybe, maybe you, you are what, what school you went to. Who knows that's a really Adelaide thing? Have you ever like, met with someone and they ask you, what school did you go to? Everyone's sussing each other out. Well, where did you go? You know, like it's a fully, but maybe you've been taught that that's your identity is actually the school that you went to. Maybe you've got going on in your head, you are what degree that you have. What letters you have after your name is your identity. Maybe, maybe you've been kind of taught you are what you've been able to accumulate. Your wealth, your possessions actually are your identity. Maybe you've been taught uh, your identity lies in how many people follow you, the influence that you have. Maybe you've been taught that you, your identity are the mistakes that you've been made, that you've made over your life. Maybe you have running in your head, my identity lies in my failures. We need to change the way we think of identity this morning. We are a new creation. The Holy Spirit needs to transform our thinking, needs to renew our minds. Don't copy the behaviours and patterns of the world. That's how the world sometimes sees their identity. But, But Jesus is saying, Paul is saying, that our identity now lies in Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to transform. Otherwise, we keep believing the old lies. Uh, I'm no neuroscientist. In fact, I don't even know if that's a term. But uh, I've never really done full-on study in brain pathways and things. But I know that if we have a loop going, that's really hard to change. That if that loop has been there for two years, it's hard to change, let alone for some of us maybe... 10 years, 20 years. But I believe that the Holy Spirit can do it in a second. And I believe that the Holy Spirit can change some of those brain pathways even, can renew our minds, can renew our thinking. Colossians 1, 21, 22, again, Paul writing. He says, once you were, I'm going to read I'll read the screen first and then I'll read a different version. This is from the NLT. This includes you who were once far apart, far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence 
And you are are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Can I read that that last verse again from, uh, this is actually from the NIV. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. Am I reading the same one? doesn't matter. Present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. No matter what our thought pattern was before, Paul is telling us our new identity. Who here actually thinks right now, I am holy without blemish and free from accusation? I don't think there'll be too many of us. I know I don't think that of myself very often at all. But this is actually what Paul is telling us. If we put our faith in Jesus, if we take off the old and we actually put on the new, this is who we are. This is our new life. Paul writes somewhere else in Scripture that we are hidden in Christ. That we are hidden in Christ. Now, that may seem a bit weird. What a, what a weird statement, hidden in Christ. What does that mean? I think straight away of hide and seek. I don't know why, just hidden. But actually it means that our new identity, when, when we are seen, it's actually Jesus that is seen. That our new identity is hidden in Christ. That we are in Christ. We are righteous because He is righteous. We are holy because He is holy. We are free from accusation because He is. Who finds this a hard thing to take on this morning? Because I know that I'm broken and I know that I make mistakes and I don't always live into this identity. But can I tell you this morning, this is what Paul's saying. If we count ourselves in Jesus, if we have put our faith in in Jesus, then we as people can say that we are holy, that we stand with no accusers. Is that, is that grating? Is that hard to take on? It's like one of those things that we kind of, no, no, but that's not me, that's Jesus. But, but Paul's telling us our identity is in Jesus, that we are hidden in Christ, that if we remain in Christ, then those things are also us. Who thinks that there's an incredible power in that though too? And I know this morning, I know for myself that I need the Holy Spirit to renew my thinking, to renew my understanding that I am not the old person anymore, that I am a new creation, that I've been created in Christ, that I'm hidden in Christ, that my identity comes through who Jesus is. Can I, can I pray right now? This is something that, that needs Holy Spirit intervention, I think, for us to really understand for a, a full renewing of our mind, a changing of our thinking. I think that we need God to come and do that work for us this morning. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we need you right now uh, to, to renew our minds, to, 
the old patterns of thought, we ask that they may be changed. We ask for brain pathways to be, to be changed in your name, Jesus. But renew our minds. May I take on the new creation, the new identity that I have in you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Challenging thought? I got, we got challenged with that thought this week in, in leadership that can we say I am holy, free from accusation? That's our identity. We live into that. Cool. The second thing, so that's renewing our mind. Are you still with me? Making sure it is nice and warm. I'm feeling quite relaxed and a bit sweaty, actually. Uh, the second thing, so renew. The second is remove, okay? Remove. Now, I mentioned just before that, that, that some of us have had nicknames, right? Nick has a nickname. <laughs> um, well, most of us through life have actually accumulated some name tags, you know the, the sticky ones that you get, you draw on with, with texture and you stick them on you? I don't know about you, but over my life, I, I know that I've accumulated a few sticky name tags. We've all had labels spoken over us. We've all had things said to us or about us that have stuck. Names that, again, are on repeat in our minds. Maybe to the point where we've started to believe those labels put on us. Anyone know what I'm talking about? They've said enough that actually maybe I am that. It becomes who we think we are. This morning, I believe that we need to remove the labels. That we need to remove the names spoken over us or even that we've spoken over ourselves. We all know how sticky those name tags are, right? You get a, you get a wrong jumper and a, some of that name tag sometimes just rips off in half. And No, it's just me again. I must have sticky jumpers. I don't know. Uh, but they are hard to take off sometimes. For some of us, we've maybe done this exercise before and God's given us freedom from some. Hallelujah. Like, honestly, praise God that those names have been taken. But it doesn't mean that we don't take on new ones. They get put on us. I, I want us to get rid of those names. The ones that we've been called, the ones that we have called ourselves. And I want to, like Paul says, to put them to death. To bury them. That they no longer have any power, no longer have any say, that they are no longer alive, but they are dead. And I actually think that these are some things that we might need God's authority to remove. You might be thinking right now, your mind might be going to some of those names that you've taken on, some of those things that replay over and over. And we've already prayed for a renewing of our minds. But I want to pray right now 
that those names are removed, that they no longer have any power over you. Now, I don't have the power to do that, I don't, but I do have the authority under Christ, right? Do, do we understand that? That actually Jesus has the power and he has given us authority to speak to those names and that we have authority over those names. So I wonder this morning if you're thinking of maybe some of those labels that have stuck, some of those things that are on replay in your mind. And I, I think that we should pray for them to be removed right now, that they get put to death. So we're going to do again. I told you it was a bit of a workshop this morning. We're going to pray. We're going to pray together. There's power when we meet as a church together, isn't there? But we're going to pray with the authority that Jesus has given us that those labels are put to death, that you would experience freedom this morning. Man, I want you to have freedom this morning from those past names, from our past failures, the the past things that that keep haunting us. I, I want us to have freedom today. I want it to be cut off right now in the name of Jesus. So again, I'm going to ask you to pray. And if you want freedom, I ask you, you might want to stand at this point. You may want to just put out your hands, but I'm going to pray for freedom this morning from those names. Let's pray. Uh, God, we, we have labels and we have names that are part of our old self. And I know that the enemy wants to keep reminding us of those old names. And I know the world wants to keep reminding us of those old names. But, but right now, in the name of Jesus, with, with your authority, God, we declare that we are a new creation the old names are gone and we declare that, that in the death and burial of Jesus, our old names and our old labels are also dead and buried. That they are no longer a part of who we are. So we pray for freedom right now in the name of Jesus. From the old names, the old failures, the old mistakes, the harsh words spoken over us, the things that we started to believe. We pray that those labels may fall off that they may be dead and buried in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the new creation, a new freedom. And we pray believing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can, can we say an amen together with some authority and in agreement? So amen. Amen. We believe it, right? Bit of faith. Come on. This is good, isn't it? Freedom, renewing our mind. I'm getting excited. I might be the only one in the... Nah, we're all excited. I can see it in your eyes. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Renewing, we rename. What did I just say? I said the wrong thing. (laughs) Remove, rename. Okay? Okay. We need to rename. We see in the Gospels uh, multiple stories of Jesus meeting with people and people who have a bit of a reputation, right? People who have been given a name by their community or city. There's there's a lot going on right now. (laughs) Uh, And we see Jesus encounter them and give them a new name. Not, not in like a, not in a story way, like actually a, 
a proper new name. Jesus meets with a tax collector named Levi. Who knows, tax collectors definitely had a reputation, definitely had a name, and he changes his name from Levi to Matthew. Gives him a new identity, a new name, a new purpose, a new, a new, uh, a new belonging, actually. A guy called Simon, we know this one. Simon, his name changes to Peter. Yeah, very good. Uh, after Jesus, we, we, we meet this character, Saul, don't we? Saul, who's a zealot, like he, he's literally killing Christians. And we see him have a radical transformation where he encounters Jesus. He becomes blind. But he changed, his name's changed. He gets given a new identity, Paul. Who knows, Paul has written most of the New Testament. In fact, we are learning from Paul's writing this morning. Jesus is letting these people know, you're old, it's gone. In fact, you have a new identity now. And to, to let you know this, I'm giving you a new name. I'm going to speak a new name over you. I, I believe maybe we're not going to leave here this morning with new uh, actual names. There's legal requirements to do and things. But, but he gives us New names. He gives us a new identity. An identity comes that comes from life with him. The start of Ephesians is a powerful start to a letter that Paul actually tells us through his letter who we are in Jesus. This morning, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Reno's up the back just to, just to play some background music. But we are going to listen and take on some of these new names this morning. We've removed the labels. We've, we've asked God to renew our minds, get rid of the old thought patterns, put in new thought patterns. We've, we've removed the labels that have stuck to us, those, those old names. They're gone, uh, buried and dead. But we want God to start putting the new names, the new truth on us. I'm going to read from Ephesians who Paul says we are in Jesus. You may want to take this moment. You may want to close your eyes and just listen and take them on. I'm praying that they, they move from our ears to our heads in understanding, but from our heads and understanding to our hearts so that we might know that we know. And that might actually change the way we then behave. So I'm just going to read these over you. I want you, I want you to take them. I want you to accept them. Can I suggest something for you though? If you hear one of those things and you start to like balk at it a little bit, like that's not me. Can I ask that you challenge that and do it in the name of Jesus this morning? There's still little bits that you may not fully believe. But I'm going to invite you to take up a posture, however you want to, just to receive this morning. That these may be words that breathe life into you, that you may know your identity in Jesus, that you may take them from just this morning and live them in your week.
When I say I, can you imagine I? Can you take that as I? Ephesians 1.1 says, I am a saint. I am a saint. Verse 3 says, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Verses 4 and 5 say, I am chosen and predestined for adoption to sonship by the Heavenly Father. I am accepted by God and a recipient of His grace. I am redeemed and forgiven in Christ. I have a wonderful inheritance of spiritual riches in Christ. I have access to spiritual wisdom and insight in Christ by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 19 to 21 says, I participate in the resurrection and ascension of Christ because of the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. As a member of the body of Christ, I am united to the Lord and represent Him on earth. I, you, have been raised to new life in Christ and seated with Him in heavenly places. You have been saved by grace through faith in Christ. May this one sink deep. I am God's workmanship. You are God's workmanship. You are a masterpiece and a new creation in Christ. I have been brought near to God by the blood of Christ. Not my works, but because of what Jesus has done. I am reconciled to God through the cross of Jesus. I have access to God by the Holy Spirit. I am part of God's family. You are part of God's family. So much so that Ephesians 3, 6 says, you are an heir of God. You are a member of the body of Christ. You are a partaker in the promises of God. I am a mirror that displays the glory of God to the natural and supernatural worlds. Do we get that? We are a mirror that displays the glory of God in our neighbourhoods, in our workplaces, in our families. God's supernatural power is at work in me. And Ephesians 3.21 says, My life displays the glory of God. They are our new names, our new identity. I just want to go back and read that 2 Corinthians 5.17 again for us. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died 
to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know Him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. This morning, in these moments, but also the moments that follow, as we go home, as we go out to lunch, can we live out this identity in Christ this week? Can we keep asking the Holy Spirit to remind us that the old is gone, the new is here? Can we again listen to those words that Jesus has spoken over us? challenge you to to read the start of Ephesians again, the first couple of chapters of Ephesians. Speak them over yourself again. But let's, let's quickly just pray. God, you are good. We thank you for your good news for us. We thank you for what you've done this morning. God, we are believing that you have set people free this morning. That you have renewed our minds. That you've transformed us. That you've made us a little bit more like you, Jesus, this morning. May we leave knowing who we are in you, Jesus. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the reminder. Thank you for your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.